Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. I'm Ed and I'm here today with Emily. Hello. With Paul. Hiya. With Nick. Hello. And with Claire. Hi. And today we are talking about Bible verses that changed me. Thanks everyone for listening in. Um, If you are interested in joining our Some Sort of Miracle listener group, you can go over to our Facebook page. You'll find it on SSOM listener group. Um, And that's really a place where you can keep the conversation going. You can ask questions. You can contribute to the things that we've been discussing on this podcast. And we would love to connect with you over on that Facebook page. That's SSOM listener group on Facebook. Absolutely. Thanks, Emily. So, yeah, as I said earlier, we are talking today about Bible verses that changed me. And in the past, we've t- spoken about um, the Bible in general and our kind of brought our questions on the Bible. And we've also shared Bible stories that we love. Uh, but today we're going quite specific with verses that changed me. And this is the first of a two part series um, looking at different Bible verses. And that's going to be verses that changed me. And the second one will be verses that challenged me. So we're starting today with verses that changed me, and we'll start with Paul. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, my my verse is Psalm 55, uh, verse 22, um, and it says, Give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. He will not let his people slip and fall. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a real favorite Bible verse of mine. Um, the There is a story behind it. Um, and that's just uh, when I was at school, I was having a really stressful time, not enjoying uh, school, not enjoying my faith, really. Um, and I was just a bit done um, with God, really. Um, and I remember sort of just just being, re- I can't even remember who it was that told me the verse, um, but someone just gave it to me in a really um, low kind of point. Um, and I'm someone who kind of internalizes worry and I'm quite a laid back person, but um my head my brain goes at a thousand miles an hour um, even though it doesn't always appear that way um and that just it was a really like stark reminder to remember to just let my stresses and cares go to god and and let those up and trust um so that was a really um really important message a really important time for me um mm. and that is what i would tell to anyone mm. would me. you mind reading it once more actually Yes, um, Psalm 55, verse 22. It's give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not let his people slip and fall. Mm. Do you find that an easy thing to do, that whole giving your burdens over? Because I know we talk about worry and we talk about not not worrying a lot as Christians. And, you know, I find that quite an easy thing to talk about and not a very easy thing to actually live out. Yeah, I think it's a it's a discipline that sort of this verse is always is a constant reminder to me and that's like ingrained and and it's it's taken a long time to get that sort of to be and it's still not my first response the vast majority of the time but it's a little bit higher up the priority order than than it yeah. once was um and i found i find that really helpful but you're right it's it's a difficult task to just um you know just when you when you've got problems just say oh yeah god will deal with that it's fine mm. and i'm not i'm not overly good at it still but um i'd like to think i'm better than i was <laughs> I think, and um, feel free to edit this out, Ed, if I'm wrong, but I think that's, is it's David, isn't it, right in the middle of where he's pretty much like scared for his life. Um, yeah. And I think it's like, it's a really powerful thing because it, it translates so well into, I mean, we're looking thousands of years ago, but it translates so well into 
to modern day life as well. I think that's the beautiful thing about the Bible sometimes is that some things that are, are meant for a specific time can we can very easily relate to because it's that human element, isn't it? That that's that all the writers have is that they've one thing they have in common is that they're still human, whether that's two thousand, three thousand years ago or whether that's up to today. Um so I think that's yeah, it's really powerful, Paul. Um although yeah, I get I guess the the circumstances are quite different the the common themes the same i i think that's that strikes a chord with me from from some of the things that came to mind when we've started researching this is that what yeah what is it what does it mean then and what does it mean now and often it can be the same thing yeah i think the, the context of the first like 20 21 verses is that um essentially there's enemies around him on on all sides and he's shaken and scared and everything's dark and then it's a very obvious switch at that exact point where he says, but I give my burdens to God. Mm. Um, and that's the hardest time to, to give your burdens to God. Um, but yeah, I, re- I just really like how sort of profound that is and it doesn't mess about and it's not, I'm not an overly artistic person. That one just says it and hits the nail on the head. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's good. I like that when we're giving it that context as well, because so often we take these like really nice verses from the Bible and put them on tea towels and t-shirts and stuff. And that, and they just seem very pretty and nice. But actually when you talk about that's, that's so heavy when he's saying that in the face of such actual like real life peril, <laughs> um, it, yeah, it, it's not just a kind of feel good on a tea towel verse. It's like for the person that wrote it for, uh, it's kind of really got some, some weight behind it. I'm interested in these tea towels. <laughs> yeah. Get a shop going. Have you got, I've got a, a hookup? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should start a Christian brand like line of tea towels that are like not the palatable verses. But just okay. See, see how many people buy that alternative, like alternative tea towels. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. When we're recording the next episode, maybe we could put one of each of ours on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get some some sort of miracle merch of bags, <laughs> hard I'm Bible verse details. Yeah. yeah, I'd buy him. Not only that, but I'd buy him for all my friends and family as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's really looking at that Psalm fifty-five verse. It's really encouraging, but you know, I find it sometimes challenging to give our bird, give my burdens to God, and then not take them back again. Because it's like handing them over. But then we like, I like to think that actually in that, yeah, God can kind of have half of it, but I still want to be in control and fix the other yeah. part. But it is knowing God's promises with that. And actually once God's got them, it is going to be okay. Yeah. I was sort of imagining my skip load of burdens, <laughs> reversing it, the skip up and being like, here you go, Jesus. This is just my weekly like skip um and I guess like I guess really you wouldn't want to take a skip of junk back would you that's the truth like if you're giving it over you're giving it over and you don't want to bother getting the removal van taking it all back home with you that's the truth of it but yeah I'm totally with you on that one and I think and I do think that sort of speaks to this idea that quite often you know when we talk about mental health we always talk about early intervention being the best thing don't we and you know seek seeking help before things escalate further it's absolutely the same with our worries and giving them to the Lord and that it's a discipline I love that Paul said that it's a spiritual discipline or Ed said it um 
that it is it's a discipline isn't it because we won't reach um we won't reach crisis points as often if we're disciplined enough to give our burdens to the lord so yeah yeah so that I, I couldn't really narrow it down so i chose two from the same book and thought that would be acceptable okay. so thanks for indulging me but i've gone from uh, from galatians um when we we're talking about our favorite books a few weeks ago galatians was was a, an honorable mention for me um but there's a couple that, that stand out one just as paul said for being like straight up that's good and another just for being uh, the opposite really really nuanced uh, and requires quite a little bit of thinking about so the first one's um, Galatians 5 verse 1 which is uh, is for freedom that Christ has set us free stand firm then and do not be burdened by this yoke of slavery um, it's just straight up that isn't it and I think it probably links to what you were saying as well Paul with um, giving you burdens it's that yeah that we are indeed set free um, from whatever that freedom can mean so many different things can't it from from so many different things as well um so that for me is just yeah it, it's amazing that would be my t-tile verse um I'm, yeah, I'm seriously considering that uh, and the other one was also from galatians which is uh galatians 2 16 and this is um it requires a little bit of explaining i think with a translation of, of a particular phrase which is I've mentioned it before, which is which is pistis Christu or the faithfulness in Christ or the faithfulness of Christ, depending on how you read it. So if I read it, let me read it both ways. And I, I guess that probably makes sense. I might, I, you might just have to bear with me on this. So as it's written, um, a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because the works of the law, no one will be justified. That's one way of reading it. The other way, which I think is the way it was meant in the first place was a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faithfulness of Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ and are not, not by the works of the law because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. I think that changes the whole thing. And it changes for me, it changed the whole new Testament and it changed my whole outlook on reading the Bible, my whole outlook on, uh, theology on on how I saw God um it was yeah so it was quite a, a massive shift for me that that idea in one thing the impetus is on the person to believe which I think it can be read as unfair in, in certain times some people I mean I've read read just tonight um on uh, social media a friend that's struggling with with believing so that verse for me is really unhelpful there but if you then read it the other way the faith, um, person who said by the faithfulness of christ that's nothing that i'm doing it's nothing that, that we're doing that's by everything that jesus has done um and that that really changed it then we're not we're not uh justified by the works of the law as we know and not by the works of ourselves which is really important and that for me covers our belief as well but by the faithfulness of christ who's done it for us um and that then impacts uh, you start to go down a wormhole there no i don't know you've been along that as well of where does that mean what, what does that yeah. mean for salvation what does that mean for the cross what does that mean for uh, eternity all these things are impacted by that verse for me free will yeah free will yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and i don't pretend to have even 
3% of the answers for any of those questions, but I think trying to grapple with that and work it out has been really helpful for my faith and really helpful for my understanding of those problematic verses of, I don't understand how that can make sense in, in my view of who God is. That, that to me, putting, putting it on the person to believe isn't who God is, because I think God's love and I don't think he, he's limited, he, our salvation is limited by the amount that we can believe. I think it's, it's unlimited and that's the whole idea of salvation. That's a long monologue from me, but I don't know what you guys think. I think in terms of a verse that's changed the way I look at scripture, that's one that that I I, I agree with you, Nick. Um, partly because of you and discussing those points that you kind of skimmed over at that point um, amidst <laughs> sort of these recordings and uh, other other times as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really big point, and uh, I've listened to various podcasts that you've both recommended on on the subject and i don't really understand it still um but but yeah it's a big um it's a big switch in in how we read it for such a small sort of translation difference if that makes sense um so it's just a few words in a slightly different order that that change the whole way we look at the bible and faith and god and us it's like it's a it's a grammatical it's a grammatical thing as well it's not like it's just Oh, it's nice to read it like that. It's it's the intention behind it. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of books about this, like whole books just on these two words in the Bible. So if anyone's wondering what, what the heck I'm talking about, please have a look into that. Have a, have a read of them. One, uh, Steve Chalk's written a good one. It's The Lost Message of Paul. Um, and there's two or three others, which I can't remember the name of. But if you just searched Pistus Christo, you'd find a load of material. Um, but it's not just mentioned here. It's all the way it's kind of littered through the new testament as well um which is yeah it's just again for me the way i i read it particularly having read the bible quite a few times before discovering this then to go back and do it again is it's mind-blowing so yeah i remember us first kind of stumbling across this sort of thing and talking it through and um we've recorded that episode on faith and what what, what is faith um and I think even of the stuff that we had spoken about in that episode, we're probably in a different place now to where we were then. And um, it's I, I love with the Bible that you can you can read a verse like that and then you hear someone else interpret it in a different way or give some different kind of um, idea around the original language and how that could be in, in, uh, translated in different ways. And then that just kind of sets this domino, like this thing of dominoes off where you actually question lots of other things. And for me, that's very exciting. But I'm aware for others that that's not exciting. That's quite a disconcerting or an unsettling thing. Mm. Um, yeah, so... I guess when we're talking about faith and 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 Bible verses like that, I, it's really interesting that for 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 me, my my faith has strengthened, or I I've, I feel myself being drawn closer to God by uncertainty, by uh, things being up in the air, and by mystery, and being invited into that conversation of mystery. But I know other people are really kind of put off. And their faith is hurt by uncertainty and doubt. And I, I this isn't really a question on on the verse you said, but that's just what where's made my my head go. And I just wonder if you guys what your thoughts on that are. And like, how how do we marry uncertainty and faith and doubt and belief and all that stuff when we have Bible verses like Nick's brought up that can we can interpret in widely different ways and actually can then go on to mean lots of different things for our for our theology 
It's interesting because I was exploring the story of Doubting Thomas the other week, thinking of the uh, res resurrection of appearance of Jesus and looking at that idea of doubt and faith and how doubt and faith aren't opposites. Actually, they can go hand in hand and how when Thomas doubted, Jesus didn't condemn him for that. In fact, he, he, he showed him his wounds. He said, you can come and see, you can come and experience this alongside the doubt and alongside the uncertainty and so often I think perhaps we feel we have to be a hundred percent certain we know this for certain but actually then there is no faith if it is certainty so I found that really encouraging mm. but yeah because we look at scripture there's so there's so many questions like so much that we don't know <laughs> yeah I think I, I was uh similarly well I think I'm quite similar to you Ed but from a different point I think I was looking for this concrete theology before before all of this conversation started um about um these particular verses i was looking and then i had so many loose ends as to if god is loved then how does how is this true or if yeah if if this is what i believe about jesus then how can how can these things also be true and is there a lot of conflict here um and that's mentioned. And anyone I asked for these answers, it really, really, I've struggled to, to give me something that I thought, oh yeah, that's true, or just said I don't know, <laughs> which is which is fine. Um, and and I think that discovering that helps to tie a lot of the loose ends together, like uh, with a really overarching brush. I think I was looking for like pencil detail when really I just needed like a big roller brush. Uh, and I think that's what this this does like it really just kind of paints a really really beautiful picture but just in really thick colors rather than the, the minutiae of detail which possibly isn't important but actually ends up being covered off by these these new ideas anyway there's lots of metaphors there but um but yeah i think that so, so the the mystery was before and now i feel like i don't understand martin and now i understand whereas before i thought you understood and didn't <laughs> Can I ask a, a follow-up question on how this change in understanding about faith has impacted how you live out your faith? Um, some, some, I guess some, some of the criticism of this way of thinking would be that then what, what's your urgency for evangelism? Like what, what, what actually causes you to go and say, actually, I need to share my faith? Because in, in this theory, if God, if Jesus saves you know saves everyone and that's all there on his agency nothing to do with us what do, does that mean that actually we we don't really need to go and evangelize we don't really need to go and share our faith with people or um yeah how how does that has your view on that changed i think yeah i think it has changed but i'd i would still value evangelism very important and i think for me before it was my thinking was I've got friends who aren't Christians. I don't really want them to go to hell, basically. I need to share the gospel. Whereas my thinking now is I know about a way of life that is ultimately fulfilling, that is the best way of life to live, the best way to live life. Mm. Why would I not share that? Why, why, yeah. why wouldn't I talk about that with my friends? Why would I not want other people to find that? Because, mm. because I know that my friends struggle with X, Y, Z, uh, or whether they're Christians or not, whether they you know even believe anything at all. Uh, or they're from different faiths so why would i not share this that that i've discovered that makes sense of 
life of the world mm. so i think it's less about now about rescuing people from hell and more about sharing something that is ultimately attractive which i'd argue it probably should have been about all along mm. yeah that's I, I remember wrestling with that with that question quite a lot after some of our conversations with about faith and the this isn't my verse that changed me but it, it really was close to being and it, uh, John ten ten where it's where it's uh, I've come to give you life and life to the full um, life in all its fullness and that has just yeah. become like a the life in all its fullness is just a tagline for for the life that Jesus brings it, for me now and um, yeah I totally agree that 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 is justification enough for wanting to share our faith um, it changes yeah, the way in which you speak doesn't it as well because it changes from trying to speak with the agenda an agenda to actually just wanting to speak with a different like a different perspective and a, a different perspective of love i think i nearly chose that verse as my one is that i've come to give you life and give it to the full and um, so i'm glad that it's been mentioned so i'm going to say that that's also officially one of mine um, oh, I'm take that one. um but yeah no i think i think that's exactly it it just changes the emphasis by which and the motivation we you know to be motivated by the fear of hell for others is the is is the wrong motivation to to do anything isn't it it's surely not god's motivation for us to act out of fear um yeah i think it opens the window for, for understanding grace a little bit better as well and for and for really understanding that, that god is love and and exactly what that means like there's not there's no caveat to that it's not god is love but it's god is love full stop and that that's it and that's the crux of the bible for me if someone asked me to say like summarize christianity that's it like, you could do it in those three words can't you um and there's a lot obviously there's a lot behind that and there's just a long story and personal stories and Bible stories and everything that contributes to that. But the overarching message is that. And I think I understand that a lot better through that, through changing my thinking about that Bible verse. And as I say, the same with Grace. Well, I think it's just, it's a lot easier to cut yourself some slack for starters. And second of all, cut a lot of other people some slack as well. So I think you can, this pressure of, you know, if you've got friends and family and you think, you know, particularly if there's illnesses and things like that, and you're thinking, well, they're not saved, you know, what, what am I going to do? It, that can cause so much stress and anxiety, can't it? So I think opening up a conversation as to, yeah, what that actually means. And it's not a conversation we generally have in church, so I'm really glad that we've had this podcast and this discussion for just to share that a little bit with people. So my my verse that changed me is like flows quite nicely on from that. And this verse I remember like throughout all my life, it's kind of popped up at different times and it's been quite central throughout all of that. And I, I've understood it quite differently, I think, in different ways, but it's always felt important and always I found quite reassuring. And I had put uh, so that the verse is Romans eight thirty one to 39 and I'd put all that section in my notes here but I think I'm just going to read the end of it because yeah that kind of summarizes it really well um, so it says no despite all these things overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us and I am convinced that neither that, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. 
No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that just, yeah, I love it. It gives me goosebumps every time I read it. Just it's, I was getting totes of most then. I thought I was going to cry. Yeah. I shouldn't have said that. So no good. one would have been able to see me anyway. I could have just cried. <laughs> yeah. The problem is, I'm not sure it was the best verse I should I could have picked for this Bible verse because I don't have much to add to it. <laughs> it kind of it says what it says, and you know, and that is one of the reasons I I love God and I love Jesus. Really, for, that's been a foundational thing for me reading that over and over again. And um, yeah, there's just so so many different parts of it that I could love. One bit actually that. It was from a different translation. It says at the start, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. Another uh, translation says we are more than conquerors um, yeah. through Christ. And I just love that phrase, more than conquerors, because I, I, I remember I used to think about Christianity in a way that now I recognize as a kind of a, a way of conquering, <laughs> um, as, as a way of thinking, actually, we've got the right answer. We need to make sure other people get that because we've got it right. And, you know, nowadays, when I think about that, I think, no, actually, I know this isn't the original translation, um, but that idea of being more than conquerors, because we're not we're not there just to conquer and trying to be really imperialistic with our with our views and our beliefs. But actually, we're there just to offer life in all its fullness. Well, we don't offer it. We, we offer we signpost towards Jesus who does the offering. But, um, yeah, that was just kind of just at the start. But there's so many parts of this that you could kind of zoom in on. And, yeah. I feel like I haven't defended it or justified it as well as Nick, but yeah, I just love it. I think like that's the same writer, right? It's Paul from Romans, Paul and Galatians. Yeah. So, so Ed, if you're um, if you're reading the rest of the Bible in that lens of your your verse there, I think similar to how I did with mine, does that change how everything that you read following that and preceding it? Yeah, absolutely, and it it so lines up with what you were talking about with the Pistis Christi verse, um, just with that idea of us never being able to be separated from God's love, and you know it certainly raises questions, doesn't it, throughout the Bible when we look at um, the story of Noah and you know God just being willing to wipe out uh, so much of humanity, and then you just start going, right, so were they able to be separated from God's love? Did He not love them, or you know was this story not? not true or was it uh did it not happen but it contains truth or these sort of intricacies you start dancing with um or is it just an allegory or what what actually what is the truth we get to see in that um and i'm not i want to get into Noah and all of those sort of things but um yeah i think it it certainly raises questions but you know when you read something and it just hits you in the gut and you think you know actually i i believe this And I, I want I although I don't understand it necessarily, although things I've got questions around it, this just sits and it sits well. Um, th- this has been one of those verses for me. And yeah, I, th- I guess that has totally formed the way I read the rest of the Bible. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's a good thing, to be honest, because this is, you know, clearly a Christ shaped love isn't it that we're, we're reading about there and i i hope that you know a christ-shaped love is what forms all of my reading of the bible and and all of my life really so yeah am i allowed to also just put in at this point and say that i also nearly chose that one <laughs> <laughs> i feel like by the time i get to mine now it's got to be really good because <laughs> be like, yeah nearly chose that one that didn't make the cut but i have to just say I do. I absolutely love that one. And I think that when it comes to this thing about 
um, faith and questioning and doubt, especially doubt. I think that that is the verse that covers all because love is the thing that we come into the world desperately needing for our soul. It's also the thing that we go out of the world needing. And I just think that that covers all suffering. It covers all, you know, there is so much going on in the world at the minute that you just have, you know, I don't know about you, but there's so many questions, isn't there, about suffering. And I think that that is the verse that for me tells us that this is faith in an eternal Christ who has loved from the beginning and loves beyond beyond everything and uh, that's the way that for me that's what I cling to I think um so yeah great choice Ed so I love uh the verse that Ed has shared in terms of how God's God is greater than anything and nothing can consume us but within that talking about that personal God and there's a verse from Isaiah 42 and it's Uh, Isaiah 42 verses 6 to 7 which are verses that have changed me and they say I the Lord have called you in righteousness I will take hold of your hand I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles to open eyes that are blind to free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness and it's a verse which speaks about the darkest of situations but how God can come into those situations and transform those situations and for me this verse um, first kind of entered my life when I was 15 and I did the classic at this point I was searching for kind of direction in my life about whether to become a soldier in the Salvation Army and I opened the Bible on a random page and found a random verse and this was the verse I found And for me at that point, it was really pivotal in making that decision and discovering that that God is there, that God is powerful, that God is in control, but that God invites me to be part of that story as well. And then as as I grew in my faith, as I continued to explore my calling, it was really important in my calling to become a Salvation Army officer as well. I went to do Camp America um, when I was 19 and went to the church at Ground Zero in New York. And the Bible happened to be open on this page. And I'm not really into all these random coincidence things normally, but actually for me, that was a real sign, a real affirmation of God's calling on my life. But recognising that it's it in Isaiah, it talks about this suffering servant and talking about how that that is Jesus but thinking about that prophecy in terms of who Jesus is and who Jesus is coming to be and what he will do but also how he invites us whatever it is that we are doing to be part of building his kingdom here and I think it's that line I will take hold of your hand I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people a light for the Gentiles and I think so often we either we either totally overwhelmed by God's calling on our life and step back from it and won't step forward, or we try to do it in our own strength. Whilst this is recognising those two things in hand, that, that God takes hold of our hand, God leads us forward, and God uses us to help bring light to other people. It's such a, such a humbling situation. We think that, like, knowing... I know how I struggle with things, how so many weaknesses, how many times I mess it up, but yet God still chooses to walk with me and to help others discover more of who he is through that verse. 
Yeah, I think like the so, whole yeah. opening the Bible on on a page thing. I, I've always said to people, I really don't believe in 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 kind of coincidence, and obviously chance does have a, an effect in life. But I think some things are kind of stacked up, and and when you get those, and then when two coincide together, like two big coincidences in inverted commas, it's hard to look past anything other than the divine, really, isn't it? Um, but so I'm I'm with you on that one, Claire. And you know, it's just reminded me of a, of a third incident with that Bible verse, actually. <laughs> um, when I signed my covenant at uh, William Booth College and we all got cards right. with different Bible verses that people have written for us. And one of the tutors had written that Bible verse for me as well. And it's funny because, yeah, because as I say, I don't necessarily believe in all those coincidences, God incidents, but actually in some circumstances, um, yeah, God does speak through that. I uh, had the absolute privilege last week of a student that came to me and said, um, I want to become a Christian. And she was like, I've heard that I've heard that God has a plan for my life. And like, I'm a bit of a loser. And I just I kind of want to like put my faith in God and everything. And do you know what? It was such a challenge because um, usually like people that have sort of when I've had experiences like this before, it's usually because I've nurtured people into a certain like in a certain environment where questions are asked and all those things. And I, it's the first time actually that someone's ever come and said like, I just want to be a Christian. Like, can you give me a Bible? Like, and I had this challenge of like, where do I start with this? Of like, the, I have to say like this particular individual struggles to read. There was like so many challenges. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not equipped for this. One thing that I definitely knew I wouldn't say was just open the Bible and see what happens. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was definitely about deconstructing and explaining what the Bible is and, you know, what chapters of the witch and all that kind of stuff um, that we've spoken about on previous episodes about where do you start to the Bible and how do you read it? Um, but yeah, that was really cool. But I know that there are people that have had those moments where my own mum, her testimony was that once she was reading the Bible and she literally felt as though words leapt out of the page for her specifically. Um, and yeah, so it's a bit, it's a bit of both, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, I really like the actual verse that where it's like God's inviting you to be part of something that He's doing, but that you've got an important part to play in it. You're not just along for the ride, and you're not sort of just like running behind trying to keep up with what's going on you're like involved and like a, a key part in that yeah and absolutely when we think about god's mission and there's a vast topic of thinking about god's mission how we are invited to be part of that mission and god's already doing it but within that he's got a, a role for us to play in our community or where we're at in the relations that we've got I've kind of chosen really I've chosen because it changed it's fair to say the trajectory of my life path um and it's found in Mark's gospel and Matthew's gospel um and it's kind of known as the request of James James and John but it's where um they make the request to be sat at the right hand of Jesus um and let me just find where it is and um, Jesus basically says to them, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of all. Even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others, to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Um, the kind of thing about um, seeking glory, I've got to say that most of the most of my sort of growing up was all about the pursuit of, um, I guess, like praise and affirmation on stage and in my performance and in the degree that I did, it was all about uh, performance and seeking applause because let's be honest, seeking, getting applause on a stage is pretty great. It's a good feeling. Um, and then, I, yeah, I, think, I guess I just got to a certain point in my life where I realised that... Um, it was a different kind of glory that I was looking for. And that um, to become great really, really is to just become in service to God. And that's at the point really that I decided to give my life to Jesus and became, I sort of fell into youth work really. But I think that, um, yeah, loving and, and serving young people and having conversations like this with them it really is the greatest blessing. But I think as well, this is, this verse has challenged me because there's been times where I felt that that sacrifice was enormous and it was very painful, um, but it absolutely was sort of the right one to make. And I think to tag on the other one that I wasn't able to separate around a similar time, I meditated over um, Galatians 1.10 where... Um, you know, Paul writes, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of others because I'm Christ's servant. And at a point in young adulthood where I think it's fair to say a lot of people go through that people pleasing anxiety of just bending over backwards to be different things to different people and struggling for my identity. Um, yeah, I just meditated over and over on that idea of I don't have to change to win the approval of, of humankind, but that I'm Christ's servant ultimately. So those are, yeah, those are my two, but they fit quite neatly together. <laughs> Thank you. Um, can I just ask a question about the, Amazing. Uh, about what you spoke about when not, where you're not seeking kind of glory and applause yourself now. How do you find that? Because I know you're you're a singer, you're a musician, and you're kind of involved with worship, leading worship. Do you find that an easy thing to do, even in like a church setting, of just kind of not not really caring how uh, if people applaud or if people are like saying, "Oh yeah, this is great worship," um, or or does that still become quite a, a nagging thing for you? I think there's always a slight tension there. And I think that that is, again, that's a discipline. You know, we've talked before about it, haven't we? That's a discipline in order to make sure that what you do is um, is always to the glory of God. But I've got to be honest, there's been loads of times where I've done, especially through the pandemic, really terrible recordings vocally. And you just have to just, like, you you learn not to care about those things um, because that isn't. And I think it is referring back to that consistently of the... Um, performing isn't who I am actually and I'm definitely in a season of my life now where a lot of that desire for it actually has changed um, so yeah I think lots of performers um, will probably struggle with that but for me it's just been about a heart position it's been about actually where do I what am I really doing and you know when the heart position is right you don't care when when it goes wrong but don't get me wrong there's been times I have cared where it's gone wrong but it's mm. about that it's about that struggle and intention isn't it to be right with God in your offering mm. of worship um mm. 
Now, I asked the question because it's really something that I've you know thought a lot about, especially you now I was a really awkward teenager, kind of very shy, really, and uncomfortable. And, you know, I, I was a, a guitarist and I liked playing in worship bands, but I was never a performer. And I so then I, I felt like I needed people to come up to me after and say, you know, you did a good job there because I felt really uncomfortable doing it because, you know, performance wasn't a natural space for me, really. Mm. Um, and it's taken me quite a while to get over needing any sort of well needing that. And I still I still need it to a degree, I think. Mm. But um, yeah, I guess shifting that from being the primary motivator in a sense. And I think we all need we all need affirmation. Of course, yeah. we do. But actually, for me, singing has never been something I've been very confident at, actually. Privately, I've always felt that I don't feel very confident when it comes to singing. The big thing for me was that I loved, loved acting. And I've always loved playing different roles. Um, And I think that it was just about, actually, for me, it was more about, you know, how many different roles are you going to play before you sort of figure out who your real, what what your real identity is and knowing that the people that are applauding you in the darkness of a theatre are going to go away and not give this a second thought and how much real um, light and how much real change are you really, are you really bringing and impacting in the world? And I felt that that wasn't the, the sort of imprint that I wanted to leave um does that make sense so yeah yeah Yeah, definitely I think that you just pretty much give my testimony there Emily so (laughs) So, (laughs) but if if I just read the verse that I gave right at the beginning again um I I mentioned about those freedoms being really different for different people but how I read it it is for freedom from myself that Christ has set us free stand firm then when everything else has gone when there's nothing else left it's just you and don't be burdened by the yoke of slavery. Like that, that's it for me. Like it's that, that's what that verse means. So, um, yeah, I just I felt like I needed to share that. Like it's it struck a chord with me that because exactly the same. Like growing up on stage, like my university years and stuff, it was all about prestige, playing well, getting to the top of the game, like performing all over the world, all those kind of things. But actually, what does that what does that really mean when it's just a noise, isn't it? At the end of the day, so. And do you know what as well? It, that's It's so true. And I think and to some extent, I've almost become the opposite. Like, I don't really care about accolades at all now. And I need to motivate myself, I think, to do to make sure that I'm still sometimes trying. Do you know what I mean? But uh, we were singing a song recently, and it, it's that bit that says, bring you thanks and praise all your accolades to him. And I was thinking, well, I don't know if I've got many accolades, like maybe a swimming certificate when I was younger. <laughs> it, does that count to, to God? But I think it, it just... like I said that it's the same for Nick that has changed the very trajectory of my whole life it's also the reason that I love the Salvation Army because ultimately William Booth was um in service to others wasn't he and and that's what started this movement really um so yeah I love those verses So that is just about all we have time for on this episode and we really hope that you've enjoyed it. We really hope that some of these stories might have resonated with you but uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts and uh, experience and what your favourite Bible verse or what the Bible verse is that has changed you most. 
And uh, yeah, if you want to share that uh, or kind of read what other people have shared, please jump into the SSOM listener group on Facebook and we can have that conversation there. Um, next time we will be talking about Bible verses that have challenged us. So make sure in two weeks time you drop back for that episode and we look forward to seeing you there. We don't really see anyone here, but I feel like I need to say seeing you there. <laughs> Hopefully you understand what I mean. And we really appreciate that you're listening. Bye.